0: It's plain as day. Yeah. Now I understand. I have these genes that prevent my body from detoxifying properly. Mm -hmm. I don't have normal detoxification pathways. Well, that's a setup for inflammation and disease.
1: Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's got to be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you, because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever, I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? That one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time, and for us, that's perfect because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our Personal Development Without the Fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, welcome to our show. Now let's get started. Hello, my friends, and today, review of the week comes to us from Word and Motion, headlined Enlightenment for Entrepreneurs. My go-to on a weekly basis, the Have It All podcast is pure enlightenment for the entrepreneur, always delivering value, wisdom, and a different perspective. Plug in and light up your day. Well, we hope to light up your day, Word in Motion. Email me, elon at satoriprime.com. I will get you your personalized gift. And for the rest of you, if you'd be honored to leave us a honest review on iTunes, once I read your review, you can email email me again, Elon com, and I will get you your own very gift. So until then, have enjoy the show, and let's get to it.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome here. I have a, a kind of a special event, in my opinion, because I have two really amazing women here with me. Uh, I'm going to do the honors of introducing my wife first. I hope that's okay. Um, <laughs> my, my wife is here with us. I know she j- actually has not been on any podcast interviews to date. Um, but if there's anything you need to know about my wife is she's uh, been spiritually guided since she was nine years old, has been practicing meditation, obviously the love of my life. And um the mother of my child and um here's what you need to know about my wife she's a very fun-loving human being but she is a total science nerd and uh she just loves studying and learning and um, even right now she's in a two-year program to become an herbalist um it became like super important for her when our son was born to like not treat him with western medicine as a first resort but really have like that knowledge base so she's there. So she's on this interview with us today. Um, also work in and she works. She, that's right. Yeah. So it's funny. Like, And she's the CEO of our company. So. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that you guys don't see that happens behind the scenes is because my wife is making it happen. And a lot of you guys have probably communicated with her in different ways without even realizing it's her. Um, and then today we have a really cool guest that um, came to me via one of our uh, students that's been with us for quite some time. I just found out that they're engaged, which is super cool. Uh, so we have uh, Kara Kruger here with us, who um, is, uh, I'm going to let you self-describe yourself, but to, to the best of my knowledge, is a epigeneticist who uh, focuses on uh, nutrition, um, is also really spiritually guided, and I'm super excited to learn more about her. So I'm going to let you uh, intro you and anything you want to say about your craft, and then we'll go from there.
0: Hi, Guy. And thank you so much for the interview. This is exciting for me and for us. I also have an amazing goddess in the background who handles a lot of my details that everybody has the pleasure of, you know, when they're emailing or calling or we're doing appointments or somebody needs to find the right button on the computer. That's not me, guys. That's not me making that happen. That's my amazing partner and fiance, Lisa Edwards. Um, I'm Kara Kruger, and I am a board-certified nutrition consultant, and uh, along with my partner, Dominic Danino, we specialize in epigenetics at Peak Wellness Group, which is, um, gosh, it's been such an exciting journey. I've been doing nutrition for people and have been passionate about herbs and natural health and nutrition and how do we get all the right nutrients and how do I keep the responsibility of my health here Mm. you know how do I take charge and how do I make sure that I'm the first line of defense because I have to live in the results of this body and the choices that I make for it and so it's been since 2005 I've been on this amazing journey and helping people and in all different kinds of of things this is my second nutrition practice and we option we we took the option of going for epigenetics because it offered us some profound science and I'm I'm not always the sciencey person because I'm always just kind of being guided and I lend to the guidance and my intuition is strong and a lot of times when I'm counseling people in whatever we're talking about I'm usually able to just you know have the basics and the messages start coming and that's incredible meanwhile Um, We still have this opportunity to look at what is that beautiful DNA strand that we're all designed from, you know, is this piece of magic that is what makes us who we are uniquely. And it also is a roadmap of how your body works with nutrients and how your body likes or doesn't like certain foods or fats, complex carbs. What is your mood composition? How well do you sleep? I mean, there's so many different ways that we can look at it, and it adds such an amazing plethora of information that really is science-based to how exciting nutrition can be.
2: Beautiful. So I know uh, for almost every type of coach or person who's, you know, helping people service oriented, generally speaking, they're studying and doing the work because they had something going on, right? Like for me, um, I was dealing with like, depression and suicide through my teenage years. It led me to some personal development that kind of changed my life. And I find that to be the case. It's like we're teaching what, we're, what we need to learn, <laughs> right? Um, do you have a story it's like exactly that?
0: It's the like, case. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, so what's that story? I'm curious.
0: Well, it's, it's kind of a long story and it's interesting. So if we want to go back a lot of years, you know, in my younger years, I was uh, in a lot of pain and making a lot of poor choices. And I had a lot of real emotional issues and physical issues through most of my childhood and early adult life truth be told, in my early adult life, I went out and spent some time making some really poor decisions as far as really kind of getting out there and testing the drug world and things like that, just because I didn't have an understanding of first how to manage what I consider to be what I now know are real amazing gifts. But when you have a strong intuitive base and you go through life kind of as a reaction to all of that. It can lead to a lot of pain.
3: Sure.
0: Um, and so my early adult life was was what most people would view as that unsacred time. And as we know, or I choose to view it as, it was probably the most valuable time. I was gathering some really incredible basics for understanding places in life that some people never will. And it brought me to a compassion and a humility. And it also brought me to great tools. And I went to work actually as a mental health and drug and alcohol counselor first. And I did that for 10 years.
3: Mm.
0: And it was incredible. I mean, I it was a beautiful opportunity to really be in the trenches with people. And because of The knowledge that I had, but also the intuition that was able to come in. I was able to put together these plans with people because I could see their journey. I could see the chapter just ahead of us and I could create a roadmap with them that was so beautiful and it was so charged and we were able to create just amazing results. The thing that was always missing was, why is everybody staying so unhealthy? Mm. Because so often what I was seeing was people just changed addictions or they were just barely managing their mental health conditions. And I started getting into nutrition at that time. And I started kind of putting the pieces together of, you know, it really seems like maybe, I don't know, just maybe, there's a real nutrition component going on here. And there's just a lot of nutrient deficiency and maybe toxicities. And so the body's overwhelmed by... Trauma, circumstance, environmental toxins, and lack of proper nutrients. And kind of none of those were truly being addressed in the models that I was showing up for. And I worked for amazing places that gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of stretch the box and talk about nutrition and talk about spirituality and talk about getting in tune, you know, and all these things. But at the end of the day, there were still a lot of coffee and donuts and cigarettes and things that I think might have been, you know, Kind of keeping the monsters alive. So I wound up heading off deeply into the nutrition journey thinking, you know, I think this is where the solutions are at. Also, during that time, I was struggling with some of my own health challenges. And through my knowledge in natural health, I was able to get just some amazing results by changing my diet and looking at my environment and doing some detoxing and healing my gut and, you know, those real basic things. And it was like, oh, the body's just waiting to
3: heal.
2: <laughs> Isn't that the beauty of it? Yeah, I think, you know, for us too, we're, we're in San Diego and in a particular area of San Diego, you could call it kind of like hippie central. Um, but it, it's more like, you know, people who are very aware of such things. So the conversation here is very spiritually guided, a lot of personal development type of conversations. Mm-hmm. And there's a focus on health. We're by the beach. Everyone wants to look good with their shirt off. Um, but mm-hmm. it But it creates like a environment and like a good, place for people to really be attuned to this. And we have a nine month old at home and, you know, our, our, we look at like the chronic illness condition, certainly in the United States. And that and for- Especially
3: in kids. Yeah.
2: And especially in kids. And, um, you know, for like yeah. the way that the system is set up right now, at least with the medical system, um, f- from what I know is doctors, I think take one nutrition class in all of med school. And it's funny that the first question a doctor asks or doesn't ask is what are you eating they don't they almost don't even care about your environmental world at all they're just like here's a pill let's see what it does and you said it's funny before we got in the interview you said we are just learning about this DNA nutrition thing and we're still shooting darts but the medical community is doing that with you know like psych, uh, psychoactive drugs um, and it's like just so much more harmful so uh, we're very inclined to be working with people like you and I'm, I'm certainly very um, very interested in the epigenetics piece and how that works into nutrition, because that's something I've never heard before.
0: And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, um, the Western medicine, and, and believe me, you know, if I'm hit by a car, I hope somebody brings the absolute best technology that we have. Yes. Or if I'm having a stroke, you know, these 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 things that require heroic measures, that we have technology to you know, create better outcomes with, but I'm probably going to be the person even under those circumstances where I unplug from, you know, my IV and i sign myself out of the hospital. Cause I know it's time for me to go home and start detoxing and healing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But that being said, I am, I continue to be really surprised also that rather than, um, what are you eating or how, here's a question. How often do you poop? You know, I was a chronically constipated kid and eating this standard American diet, you know, and, and I had a toxic bowel and a toxic liver and I was always getting sick and nobody was having any conversations about, well, how's your digestion? you know, how often are you cooking? Well, well, what are you eating? And what are the results of that? Nobody was putting those pieces together. And I know everybody was doing the best they could with what they had. And that's amazing. Hopefully we just have more things we can do better with. But I also have really gotten cued in when I looked at my genetics, and this was one of my big motivators. So I kind of in the genetic lottery, have some kind of crappy genes. Um, and it's interesting because one of the programs that we look at, they kind of have this grading system when they look at different, you know, health factors or disease categories. And, you know, we're looking at my partners and he's got like, got all these A's and B's and a couple C's, you know, and he's going, Oh, there is a C and mine is like all D's and F's. And I had maybe a couple of C's and And this is where, for me, the light really went on because I thought that's where the key to all my unsolved mysteries lie. Mm. I've been eating well, detoxing my body, eating, you know, doing all these wonderful things. And all these years later, the question comes is this as good as it's going to get? Is this really it? Because I still was struggling with fatigue and, and, and really, you know, having some problems with the breakthroughs, the inflammation was always just this constant plague. Well, when I looked at my genes, it's like, well, well, there it is. It's plain as day. Yeah. Now I understand I have these genes that prevent my body from detoxifying properly. Mm-hmm. I don't have normal detoxification pathways. Well, that's a setup for inflammation and disease. I also don't process certain nutrients the way other people's bodies do. Well, I have to swim really hard to get my body to use them correctly. Okay. Well that's powerful information. And then um, it's like, okay, well what can I do? Because some people are like, I don't know if I want to know about disease propensities. Well, for me, Prevention is the most powerful tool we've got. Mm -hmm. I know I don't have Alzheimer's today, but if I know I've got a propensity waiting for me 30 years from now, what can I do? (laughs) Give me the tools. I want the toolbox for that. So that was where I got really excited. I discovered some things, and it was interesting because actually I wound up in this process because my grandkids, um, my grandson has asthma and eczema, And he had a kind of an autoimmune response to the vitamin K shot as a newborn baby. And we didn't go any further as far as it was like, oh, you know, (laughs) hold on. And so as time unraveled, we were actually in what in California, what is a medical exemption process and everybody was having to look at their genetics. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to look at mine too.
3: Mm.
0: And that's when I went, oh, this is a big deal. What's in here is amazing information. And so um, the way that we're able to look at children and be able to set them up for a lifetime of success, the way that we're able to understand um, untold problems that people haven't been able to unravel, but also, here's a really big deal, for the doctors that are out there writing prescriptions, one of the most powerful ways we can use genetics is we're able to look at people's genes From a medical standpoint, and understand if somebody does need a medication, especially a psychotropic or a mental health related medication, the genetics are clear on which ones are going to perform amazing and which ones really aren't. I'm the person that if they give me an SSRI, I'm going to become suicidal. Well, that's valuable information. And I hope the doctors get much more excited about using that as a tool and saving people going through the trial and error phase that can be so really detrimental.
2: We agree. Yeah. There, I mean, we've, I'm, I'm going to let you ask her yeah, yeah. a question too, but like <laughs> there's uh, a, <clears throat> we find it amazing now that we have kids too. It's like where we become her, especially as like a research scientist, you know, mama bear trying to protect her child, yeah. but she also really cares about this stuff and understands and then gets joy from it. But one of the things that we're looking at now is like, it's amazing because just like you said, if we look at the, the DNA and the structures, you, there's a propensity to know whether or not something is going to have an adverse effect, whether that's vaccines or other medication or anything else that you might give somebody. And um, again, you know, they are giving the stuff and basically saying like, oh, we'll let's see if there's a reaction. But the reactions that can be so dramatically severe and give you a, a lifetime of... Um, you know, all sorts of conditions and problems and autoimmune diseases that it's like, it's amazing to us that that's how the medical community is doing things right now. Yeah. I just want to, yeah.
3: you mentioned a couple of really important things that I think are worth um, kind of connecting on again. You said a, a lot of like, we've kind of normalized our society in our society, chronic fatigue, right? You just drink more caffeine or you haven't, you grab an energy, sure. even constipation you just, you know, you take a fiber pill or, and it's not really looked at in terms of a gut health issue that things are out of balance. And so I think part of the challenge with that is people are not even going a step to understand that there's actually maybe something wrong here versus like, oh, I just need a little more caffeine. I just need to get a little more sleep. I just need to take, you know, um, a stool softener, whatever it is. We have all these like little band aid solutions, which seem to work in that moment. And then Fast forward years on end after you've done this to your body over time, and then you end up in a hospital for various diseases. And another thing you mentioned, it's like you're either kind of investing in your health as a preventative tool, which I know Guy and I spend quite a bit in terms of investment to understand how, where we are now and to like do the best that we can on the preventative side. Because the opposite end is you're going to put that same amount of money times 10, 10, 20 later on in your life. And it's going to be a lot more miserable of a process and your quality of life gets to be so much better. And I just want to your point on, um, having that more mod, uh, I guess curated medicine to genes, it would be like revolutionary to people. And, And it's the technology exists. Why in, in your opinion or in your research, do you, feel like this is not being done in Western medicine currently? Is it just too expensive or is it that it's just not a approach that, you know, is going to, we're going to go down right now? It's always tough because
0: I'm a nutritionist and I have a dream that someday Western medicine and nutrition is going to have this amazing relationship where we work together. And we bring the best of both worlds into a place where we all synergistically are fighting for the same team, which is quality of life and the best health possible, right? I, I don't know how long I get to get, be here and, and I'm not like super attached to, to living a super long life. I want to live the best life that I can in every moment that that presents to me. And so, you know... Um, I'm not so much focused on this really long journey as I am. Let's just create amazing nows and amazing nows will add up to wherever it's meant to go. Now, um, Western medicine,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just love those guys. Um, so maybe, um, <laughs> It's a lot of love. <laughs> well, it really is. It really is only because we, um, I wish that there were a lot of places in our world that were not driven by a desire for profit over the goodness of the earth and humanity. Okay, that's my stance on life. I mean, everything that we do should honor all living things on this planet, right down to the ants and the polywogs and the molecules in the air. And we should be honoring life in all forms at all times this beautiful planet we live on is one giant ball of life and so many things are going against that and all the reasons that i see that we go against that whether it's in western medicine or in politics or however it's presenting it's always greed it's always the it's always the money yeah. they're always going after money over humans over the earth over the children over all of it and so I want to believe that somewhere in there, there's these amazing doctors who went to school and did all that hard work and all that hard study and accomplished all those amazing things. And they took an oath, you know, that was oriented towards do no harm and preserve life. Right. And, and I want to believe that somehow all of that is still in there and that they're going to keep breaking away from this paradigm of just follow the money and just never mind, you know, what's going on behind the curtain. We see this happen. I mean, we have amazing doctors that have come over to the natural side and they're doing functional medicine and they're doing great education and they're bringing both sides of that information. And Dr. Mercola, Dr. Perlmutter, Dr. Hyman, Dr. Amit, you know, these are all medical doctors who went to medical school and they looked around at one point and went, maybe this isn't it. Yeah. And so I continue to hope that that continues. But at the end of the day, what I see is it's always just the money. It's the money that ruins everything. If we could all just go back to the tribe mentality, you know, okay, I want to go and live in the Ubuntu tribe, you know. And we all just, everybody has a beautiful place in the tribe and we take good care of each other and all the medicine we need is provided by the beautiful mother earth, you know, all those things. And then here we are in society and living in this amazing technological time that offers so many gifts as well. And which is part of the thing, how do we balance that? You know, how do we balance... The messages from spirit and everything that's happening that we see from the intuitive side, and then balance it with what the world is really doing right now.
2: Yeah, well, I want to give you a little bit of hope. So, like, I I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said, and I and I and I do think we're moving towards like a more integral approach Mm -hmm. everywhere in society. And it might seem like it's slow moving, but there's a lot of evidence that shows when uh, like a a certain percentage of the population hits a level of consciousness that it spreads like wildfire. And that's about a 10% consciousness of integral. So we're, they estimate roughly a 5% and a 10% could be hit in the next five to 10 years, which says a lot about what our world could look like about 10, 20 years from now. Uh, We were really fortunate last year. We got to um, be part of this uh, get together. Uh, There's a, a hospital right across the border in Mexico, that um, basically cures all sorts of cancers. And the reason they have to do it across the border is because that particular thing is not allowed in America, right? Which but is the many particular what things. Many, yeah, like everything else. Everything that actually works is made illegal, and everything that is unsynthesized and turned into profit. So, um, but what was cool about this get together was that they brought medical, the medical community, like the traditional Western medical community, like the CBD community, and this right. hospital all together to basically share ideas. And what was really clear about all that is that they actually don't see each other as partners. They see each other as a competition against very capitalistic, mm-hmm. right? And it was uh, awakening for them to be in the same room together, to see that they're all kind of achieving the same thing, but in different paths to get there, and that there's some synergy and for them to work together. So it was cool, but like that's happening, right? Like there are people yeah, interested and-, and invested in bringing people together to make sure that that's happening. And certainly we, Uh, Agree like we would love to see more of a functional approach like for me if I walk into a doctor today and their first question isn't uh, Isn't to me like what do you think is going on then? I'm like, you should probably ask me I know my body really well (laughs) Like if something hurts or feels off like I know about that because I've been here for a bit and and this piece of hardware I, I probably have some insight
1: Hello, my favorite listener. That's you. I wanted to share with you some of the amazing results and breakthroughs your fellow Satorians are experiencing as we speak from being in the collective with us. So if you haven't heard about the collective or what you're missing out, check this out. So Amanda writes, a couple of years ago, I was destitute, living back with my parents at 36. I'd lost my job, was overcome with chronic illness and a strong victim mindset. And I was totally stuck. Through the influence of your training, I'm enjoying a much more fulfilling life. I've moved back home. Gotten a great job, taken control of my health, and even bought the car I've always wanted. I'm ready to go even further into my awakening and manifest the life I truly deserve. I couldn't be happier to be part of this tribe of amazing human beings. Robin said to us, Thank you. Since March, I've started meditating every day. I've lost 27 pounds. I've resigned from a job that I hated but stuck with because of the money. And I've already received three new job offers and even taken one of them that is paying more. And I'm much happier. Plus my relationship with my husband is flourishing too. Thank you. And Paul writes, after talking to my daughter, I now know that I feel relieved and much lighter because of it. Thank you again for everything. You guys have changed my life. I feel like I've come farther in the last few weeks than I have in the last few years. I'm so grateful for your help and support. I love you guys. Look, I know this podcast adds tremendous value to your life. My suggestion, is head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and jump headfirst into the collective. After all, it's only a $9 a month investment. And you'll get access to Guy and I in a whole new way. You'll learn some of the most cutting edge technology that we share with our best clients, but we can't really share here on the podcast. Imagine you and us interacting with each other live every two weeks for just $9. It's incredible, as you've seen before. So, if you're wanting breakthrough results in your life quickly, head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and begin to deepen your journey as a Satorian today.
2: I'm curious, in your field of study, like, so what do you find that when you're working with somebody, like, surprises them about your work? That they come in and you say this X, Y, Z, and they're like, holy crap, like, I didn't know about this. What is that thing?
0: Well, it changes by person. It certainly, it does vary by person, but when we're able to... And this is just one example and it's kind of a a very common variant among people or one that you hear more commonly about is the MTHFR variant. And okay. the MTHFR variant is directly related to the methylation processes in the body with that which methylation has to do with how your body turns on and off genetic functions at the right time in the right way.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If methylation isn't happening properly, there are hundreds of things that aren't going right. It also has ties into whether or not your body breaks down synthetic form of folic acid, which is an interesting beginning to that story, only because back when my mom was pregnant, the most important thing that you were supposed to do was take folic acid. And guess what? My mom couldn't break it down.
2: Right. Because Uh, one
0: of the very... Right. I'm Well, I am too. And I have the worst form of that variant. And so that was one of the things that I discovered and it's interesting because when when they look at medical exemptions or ways that people will or won't be able to manage, let's say something like the toxins that are in a vaccine or a number of other places as far as when toxins come into the body and how well somebody's going to be able to process them out. I had a, a man here locally, he has a master's degree in genetics and he's just this fascinating character. And I love spending time with him because he always brings me these pearls. And he said, well, you know, the difference between somebody who doesn't, doesn't get Lyme disease from a tick bite that, that has, you know, a, a bacterial disease in it. and I, And I said, no. And he says, well, the main difference there is whether or not they're able to process that toxin out of their body wow. quickly. And he said, so there's a number of people that are going to get bit by... And it can be a mosquito with West Nile, it can be a tick with Mm -hmm. Lyme. it can be a toxin in a vaccine, it doesn't matter what's coming in, but people who have certain variants in certain, and it's like... Oh, so you've had chronic inflammation, or you have chronic fatigue, or your thyroid is breaking down, or your adrenals don't function well, or there's certain pathways that your hormones don't process, or B12 doesn't convert properly. You know, I mean, we can go into, it's a spider web. It's not just the MTHFR gene, but it can be a linchpin that goes in all these directions. And then we have to look at, especially if somebody's been dealing with, say, that one variant. Some people are over-methylating and some people are under-methylating. Yep. And then we get into, you know, and doctors, because I also, one of the things I do is I'm in a in a, a health food store helping people with vitamins and health issues there. And they come in and say, well, my doctor sent me in and I need 15 milligrams of methylfolate because I have the MTHFR variant. Well, if somebody happens to be over-methylating, you're actually going to exacerbate every horrible symptom that they're hoping to get away from because they're already over methylated and you're going to increase that situation. So there's, you know, the doctors are trying and I hope they continue to, you know, cue into the ways that it's going to be good help. But let's look at the whole picture because it is, it's this big, beautiful spider web. And, and every time we touch one place over
3: here, we're affecting the whole. Yeah. I don't know if this is true, and maybe you can give some insight if you have it, but I imagine that all of these genetic markers that have predisposed people to not being able to process certain things have gotten worse over time because of our environment, because of like the toxins that we've introduced. Any feedback on that? You know, it's interesting because some of the variants that we
0: see in genetics today are actually, they, they happened... By, um, by circumstance and position on the planet and what was happening there. Like mm-hmm. the majority, it's like 89% of people of European descent no longer convert beta carotene into the retinal form of vitamin A, which is what your body needs in order for it to go to work. Now, again, just one small variant, almost all of the people of European descent are not doing this properly, which means how many things are vitamin A attached to? Yeah, know, eye health, eye health, immune health—just a couple off the top. But immune health, in and of itself, how far into the body does that reach? How many things does that touch? Sure. When you have a lifetime of not bringing in vitamin A in the form your body needed it, or folic acid, methylfolate in the form your body needed it. There's like 48 essential nutrients that the body needs every day in order for it to function well, pull just two or three out, you know, and, and the body starts doing everything it can. It first, the first thing it does is it starts pulling backup stores because the body always has a backup plan. Yep body is this amazing design that has all these backup plans, but you can only operate on those backup plans for just so long before the stores start getting worn out and other systems start paying the price.
2: Yeah. I, I find society is really interesting in this way. Just like we have this, um, mass shooting issue, right? It's like, we won't do anything until we like find the absolute one thing that's causing it. It's like, okay. And so they had the, this debate about like, what's the one thing that's causing it, but because they can't find that one thing, cause it's not one thing. Um, it's like, nothing gets done. So when I look at um, like people in your field or even chiropractors who are really good, you know, like really good, not just like the traditional chiropractic, that's just cracking you, you, you guys are like uh, in the process of trying to achieve alignment for the human body. Cause like you said, when the body is in alignment, the body is just like takes care of itself. It doesn't need very much. It's just like, just give me what I need and I will do everything for you. Um, we, we went to a really talented, started going to a really talented doctor about a year ago. So I just found out about this folic acid thing and he told me about 50% of the public does 50% of the public does not, you do not news to me. So I started taking methylfolate, methylated B12, stuff like that. And then I was like over methylating, just by taking too much, right? Because it's a tendency. And so when you go to a traditional doctor and they give you like a panel, they're like, well, you're vitamin C deficient, take more vitamin C, but they're not taking into consideration that if you now start taking too much, like it actually is creating disbalance in the system. Uh, I don't know if you know about this blood panel, but we found out about um, Dr. William Walsh, does this really, uh-huh. yeah, amazing blood, the, the, the the Walsh panel, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, uh, I want to read his book. Um, it's on my agenda. So, we recently did that blood panel to basically learn about toxicities and what's going on for the same reasons. We're like, hey, look, if if there are things we're around right now that are beginning to cause Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or neurodegeneration of any kind, it's probably in it our benefit to know, <laughs> like now, so that 30 years from now we're not like, oh shit, we could have done something. Um, So it's, it's funny because like everything you're talking about is exactly top of mind for us. This is, it's very at the cutting edge for me of just where this is all going.
0: I think it's so paramount for, and, and it's interesting only because I, you know, I've been on this journey for, you know, 15, 16 years, as far as really running after health, you know, with all I've got only because again, you know, health challenges and I had some real things. I've had some amazing healing. I've overcome, you know, the doctor says, oh, you'll just have that forever, you know, and it's like, I'm sorry, that doesn't resonate for me, you know, and so you go over to the natural side and you find, oh no, there's all these ways that your body actually, you know, loves you unconditionally and wants to help you (laughs) heal. You just have to, you know, pick up the messages. So that's incredible. But, and so, but what we really run into is what are the things that, Because it's wonderful to give people the tool. Here's your toolbox. Here's the roadmap. I can give you the road because I can't get anybody. Well, boy, if I could, the whole world would have it. I would give it away for free. I would sprinkle it everywhere. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) you know, but people have to want the tools, be willing to do the work, be willing to stay, continue and go through the follow up. Um, Part of it's not going to be easy or comfortable you know, you have to stretch past your comfort zone. And and this is where I come into the, you know, how do we, and, and one of the ways that I truly try to motivate people for change is just by being an inspiring example. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, this is what's possible. You know, I'm in my mid fifties and I'm in the best health of my life. And I have found some amazing pieces to the puzzle that just unlocked everything. And I get to keep going and keep discovering. And so that's amazing, you know, but we have to, again, you know, intuitively meet people where they're at and go and sit down in the trench with them and hold their hand and give them a step forward, you know, at, but, and then at some point you have to offer them the toolbox and go, okay, now here it is. And what is it that motivates people? I mean, for me, what motivates me is I want to live a quality life. I want to feel good. I don't like those down days. You know, those down days are a drag. Yeah. So I, that's my motivating factor. I want to live my best life and be the best I can for the people I care about and for the work that I do. What motivates people? You know, what is it? And it's individual, I guess, for everybody, but, you know, finding the way to keep people engaged and motivated and that, that little place of helping people to love themselves better.
3: How do you get people that have no idea what it's like to actually feel good to understand that they can feel good. <laughs> that, and that's such a great
0: question because we do, we work with a lot of people who are starting from a really tough place. You know, they're starting from a place where they can't, they can't see past swimming through jello every day. And, you know, they don't know what it's like to break free. Um, usually the baby steps are helpful, but also it's really hard because when people are in that place, they're going to get worse before they get better also, because oftentimes you start putting the good things in place. And as some of the toxins start leaving the body and as some of the things start shifting into their new places, it feels worse, which is a lot of times where you know people lose their momentum and we have to really do our best to let's stay engaged and let's keep going. And it's also another place where people get the mindset that if it doesn't feel good, it's not progress. Right. And this is true on the spiritual journey. It's true on the physical health journey. It's true on all these different levels. It's like, well, I want it all to be warm and fuzzy and feel good. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have that magic bullet.
2: Yeah. No. And I think you're dead on uh, look I've realignment. I think people, um, like you said, I, I'm a coach and I work with, I've worked with tens of thousands of people. So I get to see this all the time, is that they think they're doing the work to make themselves feel better instead of like just getting better at feeling, which ultimately has you process life in the now and really like start enjoying it. And what you realize is discomfort, sadness, all these things are actually really important parts of life. And then when people start getting into alignment with like actually feeling into their systems, sometimes like money goes away because the energy that created the money was a different type of energy, but as that, you know, like toxic energy, if you want to call it that, like moves through the system, the money that that was connected to has to go away. But that was also creating uh, an environment for the toxicity to continue to be there. So it's like the physical reality manifests itself around the the energy that's changing in the body. And if something's out of alignment, it's going to fall away. And I, I have a feeling that's the same thing. So a lot of it is obviously managing expectation. Um, like you said, what I think would be super useful is, you know, like what I just said right there is, is a, usually a radical idea for people. It's like, stop doing things to make yourself feel better. Start doing things to just feel more. And there's yeah. like this, like more neutrality, like neutral way that you get to live. And in the health space, it's like, healthy is like, I have a six pack. <laughs> healthy, healthy is like, I could run a mile and not like, you know, keel over and die. And it's a, And it's a really acute definition for health. Because a lot of people with six packs are very not healthy. Yeah. They crash mm-hmm. diet. They do all sorts of things. And you're talking about sustainable lifestyle, right? right. Which is yeah. a really different thing that's like, hey, we're not talking about doing something for 90 days. We're talking about doing something for the rest of your life. And you know, if picking up that piece of food over there is uh, bringing on negative emotion, which people don't connect food with emotion very often. And like you said, that day feels like a lost day to you. And time is a very precious asset. You might want to rethink about putting that thing into your body and start really paying attention to how you feel when you put that in there. So you start seeing it's not just about the food. Oh my God, this feels good in this 15 seconds, like having a cigarette, but there's a long term play over here. And if you really want this like sustainability of just like feeling good day in and day out, then it's going to take more than, you know, a 30 day focus or something like that.
0: It really is. And, and the, the real interesting part too, people want a quick fix. People want, they want to feel better quick and they want it to be pretty and comfortable. And um, the comfort zone is what keeps us sick. Um, You know, I, I think, I believe that thing of, you know, you really have to, you have to get past your comfort zone and obviously the comfort zone isn't what has served us to make it to the places that are amazing. Um, I, I think perception, you know, it really is about that moment-to-moment perception and and the feeling that goes along with the perception because if we can cue into, and it's something that I've taught going all the way back to the early 2000s when I was, you know, a counselor in mental health and drug and alcohol. It's like, what is your head telling you about your life? Well, what is your head telling you about that food? What is your head telling you about your value um, regarding choosing good health? Because, you know... Although I want to love myself every single moment, love isn't always pretty and it's not always happy and it's not always comfortable, but it's always worthwhile. And so, you know, it really is that thing of breaking through the, how can I stay in the place where I'm able to be present for my perception and choosing the good feeling or moving towards the, we also have to get away from the right or wrong. Yes. You know, because if I go back to what was happening in my early adult life, you know, and like I said, you know, this unsacred thing, well, I don't know. It turned out to be some of the way that I was able to show up in some of the most sacred places and create the most sacred work. And so, and it turns out to be true today because. I still, I do hypnosis for people who are struggling with quitting smoking. Cool. And um, because it's one of those things, it's like one of the biggest things that has to happen in order to access health is to turn that switch back on that you know, somehow got disconnected about being able to make a decision like that every day. And, um, and the thing is, is that it, it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's a matter of love or fear. You know, we can get back down to those real basics. Am, yeah. am I acting out of love? or am I acting out of fear? And um, how long does it take for people to really be able to cue into that on a day-to-day basis or, or, you know, run that program on the front of things rather than on the backside of things where, you know, usually after something, you know, it's like, oh, well, I just went out and trapped for myself and I did this horrible thing and I went home and, and now I don't understand why I feel bad. And so let me look back on it. Well, I'd rather catch that on the front side by going, what am I experiencing that I feel like reaching out like that? What's yeah. going on with me right now before I reach out in that direction that And the other part of it is is um, we're all human and you know I love the fact that I, if I take really great care of my body every now and then, I can go out to dinner and I can enjoy it. And I'm going to have a glass of wine and a beautiful meal. And I'm going to be in the center of being a human joyously that way as well. That's just not how every day goes. That's the exception rather than the rule. And I can do those things because I take care of myself and my body doesn't fall apart over the occasional choice like that.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
3: I would love to hear a little bit about your process of taking a client in and what that looks like. What does the of genetic testing look like what does the treatment plan come from this is
0: a, it, it's an interesting process we have two different um streams of testing that we're using right now one of them goes along with the company that we use our reports for so it's a private reporting uh service or the best opportunity if you have i mean we can work with 23andme data we can work with ancestry.com or myheritage of all of those, MyHeritage gives us the most complete profile of yeah. data. So if somebody hasn't already got it or they're willing, you know, MyHeritage is the first choice of the public companies. Some people have an issue with, I don't know if I want a public company having my data. There's all these things going on. GlaxoSmithKline Purchase 23andMe. What are they going to do with all that information? What's happening? Um, and you can put whatever name you want on your data. I mean, you can be Fred Flintstone. Doesn't matter. Um, and so, you know, if that's a real concern. Um, I'm kind I kind of lean on the other side, like I don't know if you've ever had a blood test, they probably already have your genetics and right. they can do whatever they want with it, right? So, you know. Yeah. So that that's the beginning of the process is is um we do free consultations and we sit down with people and we talk to them about where they're at, what are their goals, is it a good fit? Because it's always a matter of, you know, I want to work with people who are ready. I can't drag people to a place of readiness. And um, what are their motivating factors? Are the motivating factors a good fit for what we're going to do? Because we send off for the data. If they don't already have it, we send off for the data. And that gives us usually a three to four, sometimes five week period where we're waiting on that data to come back in order to get to work on the reports. And so there's a comprehensive intake packet that is your family history and what are the struggles with your life. We do some uh, three-day food logs so we understand, you know, what are your food choices right now. And then we get all of it together and go to work on putting together what is a comprehensive. It's usually about a, if we, if we see clients in person, it is a three inch binder. Wow. Whoa. Literally. Um, how is your body processing vitamins? How is your body processing minerals? How is your wow. body, uh, what, what is the best way for you to sleep? And what are some of the things you need to be aware of regarding, but you know, you, the, your sleep processes genetically? How is your body when we look at mood? Because there are different, you know, factors that are involved in how your mood works. Um, and there's a lot of ways to get into. Again, all of this is opportunities for understanding where are my weak links and how can I get into optimization. We're able to look at cognitive function. We're able to look at your fitness uh, propensities. Um, it goes on and on. Cardio propensities, inflammation propensities. And so, again, it's this big comprehensive reports. The reports are amazing because they not only talk about, you know, what's good or bad with your genes, but it gives a lot of information on how the gene works in your body and then what where your gene is at and then what is the fix for it. You know, what are the things you can do, not only dietarily, but lifestyle lifestyle supplementation so that you can be super proactive about keeping your strength strong and looking at your weaknesses and going, okay, well, I'm going to optimize this gene expression so that my MTHFR, you know, isn't going to run my life anymore. Or I'm not going to have the fact that I have a, a variant in the COMT gene be the reason that my brain chemistry wants to dip all the time because I can get into optimization of genetic expression. So we can never change the actual gene, but we can change the expression of the gene. So if we know that on the horizon, there are things like Alzheimer's or BRCA genes or things like that, it's like, okay, well, let's get into action. How can we make sure that we're, you know, leaving that as a possibility and not a truth in our life? Yeah. So, when we sit down with clients, we put together, you know, optimal meal plannings, ratios for carbohydrates, fats, proteins, oh. best food choices based on how your body works with those different components. Because some people, some people are going to thrive on the keto diet. Some people are going to get hurt. Sure, and, that, and that's just the truth. Not everybody is designed for keto.
2: Absolutely not. And
0: yeah. I, I personally have genes that it, it would be a, a disaster for me. It's important to know that what is your ideal, you know, Food lifestyle, and I don't like calling them diets, but you know, what's the best lifestyle? How can we make the ideal choices based on the ratios that our body thrives with? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's about a two hour sit down after we've done everything, whether I email you all this information or we sit down here in person and we go over for about two hours. And then our process also includes another hour and a half of follow up after that. So, we're going to sit down and have a couple more appointments, continue to field questions continue to do fine tuning and then look at if people want to continue with us after that. And then we have ways that we put together continued packages.
3: Very cool.
2: That's awesome. I'm, I'm wondering, um, and I hope I'm not taking us too far off base and, and you'll have to excuse me if I'm just misinformed, but like with uh, epigenetics. So like when you're upregulating and downregulating gene function, um, my understanding is to, to degree, right? Like our beliefs, and our energy would up or down-regulate a gene. Is that not correct?
0: Absolutely. Okay. We affect um, hundreds of genes just by meditating every day. Sure. Um, We positively affect hundreds of genes by doing yoga, meditating, um, a a positive belief system, you know, a a gratitude lifestyle. Um, There are innumerable ways that, you know, those small things, it's not just food and supplements. What is your environment? You know, there are some people, they can have stellar genes, but they are highly sensitive to mold. And if there is mold any place in their universe, their whole world is falling apart. And everything else is great. You know, they have these really strong gene components, but one Achilles heel in the background, you know, running the program without anybody knowing. So yeah, absolutely. But mindset, environment, choices of of innumerable things are expecting, are expressing genes all the time.
2: And so so we because I heard you say that there's like, okay, there's all these like genes that we're dealing with. Um, So there is a differentiation between particular genes that are like, that's just the genes you have. And then this like other subset of genes that are changing with mood and lifestyle and all sorts of things. Is that accurate?
0: Well, so the genetic strand is the genetic strand as far as, you know, the position of your genes is the position of your genes. But, um, and so and literally, you know, so express, positive, optimizing expression looks like, like when you took the methylfolate and the methyl B12, optimizing expression looks like taking the B12 and the methylfolate in the right form, in the right dose, based on where your methylation processes are at today. Mm-hmm. So we can upregulate or downregulate gene expression, but that doesn't change. So if you look at the strand, they're like A, C, Gs, and T's, and those actually represent proteins, okay? The genetic strand is, is this beautiful strand that represents proteins and how they're functioning. But, and so if, let's say, a gene is supposed to be a T and it's turned to an A, and that's where, that's where you're at. If that's where you're at, then what we need to do is look at how does your gene being in that position affect your health?
2: Okay. Very interesting. I'm wondering, like, and this is again, like kind of like a weird question to ask, but like, <laughs> and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but it just kind of hit me. Like, suppose it to say, we're like, we, up until very recently in human history with airplanes and people moving around and immigration and all these things, for the most part, people were where they were. There were certain yeast that they yeah. were constantly, um, around certain bacteria, they were constantly around and our bodies and our genetic were predisposition to basically that location on the planet. Like for instance, I know that if I eat as much white rice as an Asian person in Japan, like I'm going to blow up like a balloon, but Mm -hmm. they, they've been drinking green tea for thousands of years. And there are certain genetic markers that allow them to process it in a way that just a white person wouldn't. So like we've moved around, and now we're suddenly exposed to different environments that we were just not predispositioned to be in. I'm wondering like how much of that is really affecting chronic health because we're literally not evolved to be in the environment that we're in.
0: Well, I think that it's probably one of the most valuable things going on. My One of my favorite kind of catchphrases right now is I believe we're fish living out of water right now in that we were never designed. The These beautiful creations were never designed for, for the, the world we're in. Sure. <laughs> When you look at what's happening to food and what's in the air and what's in the water and and the even just the negativity in the world today, I, I think all of it is something that we as our original design as humans were never designed for. And so how fast we have to swim to stay ahead of that varies by person to person because some people are going to be stronger in certain areas than others. That's amazing. But also, you're absolutely right in that you look at the Eskimos, you know, in Alaska, and they're designed, you know, to live on a whale blubber diet, you know, this high fat diet that serves them well, and they live great, and they're in great health, and it just is perfect. And largely what we see, it's like the European people who no longer break down beta carotene into retinal form, you know, we're all displaced everybody's kind of, you know, a fish living out of water yet. And and, the, and then they're on the wrong beach, right. even, you know, laying there gasping for water on the beach, you know? And so we're, uh, we're all on foreign beaches and we're not in the places that we were, you know, kind of hereditarily designed to be in. So I think there is some value to, you know, most of us do well to eat close to our heritage and there are ways that we can, you know, look at our individual heritage. And usually when you look at, you can look at blood type, heritage, and genes. And it's interesting how you're going to find similarities through all of that. It plays out through all three of those theories.
2: That makes sense. That's why Mandy and I are on a full uh, hummus diet nonstop.
3: <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, we're both like from <laughs> Middle Eastern. Yeah, did you want to ask a question?
3: I was going to say, and yet to everything that you said, people are wildly unhealthy eat terrible are like morbidly obese and their body continues to survive and i think it's not thriving but yet it's like surviving right and i think that it is a little bit or it has to do with that piece you said of like this unconditional love that is your body that just wants to sustain life Mm -hmm. and wants to heal you and if someone is dedicated in their mind and in their heart, that they just want to live a high quality life, that they can turn it around no matter where they are at. So it's, it's, I just find that amazing, right? Like we have both sides. We're like, we're really going up against a lot. And yet the people that are like intentionally kind of bombarding their bodies, whether they know it or not, are still, are still surviving.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm curious, I'm curious, what's like the most extreme case that you've seen of somebody coming to you and like really turning it around and, and getting themselves well
0: Boy, Um, so we had one client. One of our early clients was um, struggling with methylation, but also a lot of um, really severe inflammation. But it was playing out in what looked like severe mental health challenges. And this is one of the stories I love the best because this person, through overmethylation, was really living a tortured life. Mm -hmm. Overmethylation is a horrible place to be in that the, uh, it's a, a constant overcycling of the mind and the the functions of the body. And it feels like everything is just always on this high volume. And usually when I'm talking to people and we start having a conversation, I can, I can cue into it. Saying, They're over methylating, wow. but. Can you, and,
2: I'm sorry. Can you just give like, give like some layman was, side effects that somebody might feel with that? Cause I feel like that may have been going on for me. So I'm just curious. what, what Right.
0: Chronic anxiety, probably going to be, I mean, like the number one thing, but, and the chronic anxiety goes into physical manifestations of, you know, not being able to ramp down the body either in that it's not only a busy mind, but there's a lot of things that are overfiring in the body as well. And so you're just not able to, you know, bring stasis, mind or body, and the two certainly don't match in that. When, when I look at people like that, it's like they're operating, right. you know, the mind is over here and the body's over here and they're vibrating they in different directions. And so, um, and watching this person who now is like a, a public educator in the community on, um, on health and balance. And, um, she works with CBD extensively, but, the main part of her health was having this roadmap that helped her to just bring that into balance. That was, you know, one small thing. We've had clients that um, are going through breast cancer treatments. We've had clients that were uh, recovering from multiple myeloma. We've had clients that were um, congestive heart failure. Uh, we, <laughs> it, you know, it goes on and on. And it's interesting because some people are going to really recover well or be able to cue into the listening to their body and finding the way to, you know, get into the love language with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And other people, um, the people who, there's a lot of people that are so used to surviving and they've lived their life so long in surviving. And it's like you said, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you, help somebody to understand the taste of something they've never tasted. Right. You know, I, I can't, I can't give you the feeling. I can't give you the feeling of better health. I, I can live my life and I can show you what it feels like to me. I can wish it for you. I can, I can radiate it towards you. Um, but there are some people who are never going to bring that bar up off of, you know, barely above survive because they've just gotten used to, well, this is it. Good it's just not gonna get any better and yeah. they might make small strides but usually they're also the folks that they're gonna kind of slip back into the old lifestyle stuff too you know they're just gonna wind up going back to the reset place
2: yeah you know even in our business if I don't really calling it a business but in the movement that we're attempting to create is like really painting a new vision for what a human gets to be and it's fun it's funny like I used to think we were trying to ascend like above being a human, but now I see it the exact opposite way. It's like going through an awakening process to actually become more human than we've ever become. Um, like this, like this new type of human that we haven't seen. So we don't even have an example of how human we can actually be. And it's almost like we've been a variation of humanity, but not, we haven't like claimed being human all the way. And I, so I think like, you know, all these, uh, arts for is listening, um, cause it really isn't art, you know, what you're doing. It's just people are your canvas and I feel the same way right we're working with energy systems in different ways and I've certainly seen when we work energetically with somebody and we balance them energetically they go ahead take care of the nutrition on their own it just becomes because balance the the moment you find I think whether it's physical balance emotional balance spiritual balance balance is balance and when you feel balance you're like holy crap this feels damn good I want this more in my life and in any way that I can find it So, you know, whatever appeases somebody and wherever their life right now, it feels like it's the most pertinent to take care of that, whether it's an emotional, spiritual or physical issue. I'm like, go get started. Go, go feel balanced. Go feel good somewhere in your life because feeling good begets feeling good. You're just going to want to find more ways to do it.
0: I absolutely agree. I think you know and and there there's that the the thought process of take one small step in one better direction. You know, I don't hand people this, you know, 3-inch binder or, you know, 20 files that arrive on your computer and say, "Okay, well, I hope it goes well. Let me know right. how it turns out." You know, because nobody is going to make a huge pendulum swing shift overnight. Right. That's not Logical change, and it's not even fathomable for most people. But usually, when you get into the depth of working with people, you can match into what matters to them. What is the motivating factor? What is the thing that you want? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to be less tired? Do you want to watch your grandchildren grow up? I mean, I have no idea what it is for each individual person, but usually, through the interview process, we're able to cue into why are you here and what matters to you. Not only that. What part of your life are you no longer willing to settle for? Right. Because I think understanding both sides of the contrast is really valuable. It's like, well, you know, here's the goal, but which part do we need to be aware of? This is no longer my paradigm so that we stay aware of not slipping back into that comfort zone.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I feel like people do well when they buy into the idea of mastery, like, and, and also understanding that mastery is an incremental change. It's not... It's not a weekend retreat. It's not something that happens overnight. And certainly that could all be parts of it. And I have absolutely seen people quantum shift in moments, if not a moment in time where it happens. But it's like there was a foundation that was built that allowed for that quantum expression to explode upwards or downwards or whatever direction there's quantum supposed to go. Um, and and I, and I think that's where people do well is, you know, like if I go work with you or like the way that we approach life is like the things that we're genuinely interested in, we're not just like, Oh, it'd be cool to know a little bit about that. We're like, we actually want to know, we want to become masters of that. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like mastery of self. And what I love about I think there's not enough of a uh, environment for people to explore mastery because it's like the the traditional landscape is here's how you become a doctor. Here's how you become a teacher. Here's how you become a nutritionist. And it's like a preset path, which doesn't bring your essence and your self-expression into it, which is so important when you're in mastery. It's like, yeah, that's how they mastered it. And it's cool if you want to follow that for a little bit. But eventually it's like, if I become a a great dancer and I'm like learning the cha-cha you know, like at the end of the day, I'm going to dance the cha-cha when I'm a master of it. Like no one's going to dance a cha-cha like me. No one's going to dance a cha-cha like Kara or or Mandy or anybody else. It's like, it's going to be your own. And I think that that for me is like, hey, don't just sign up for this because it's like, you think you're going to get a quick result. Like become a student, become a practitioner, become somebody who's in pursuit of mastery, because then it's like, then it's natural to have that lifestyle. You're always interested. You're always learning. You're always finding new people and connecting with interesting uh, people like you and getting to learn more.
0: We like the phrase of, you know, choosing your best life or living your best life. But, you know, what's my best life and what a new client's best life is are very two different things. And that, you know, they can only imagine just so far ahead. And, you made an interesting statement earlier about, um, you know, that we're coming to this place of evolving to a place we've never been. And it, it kind of cured something within me where it's like, we just haven't been there in our knowing this time. That's right. I think we have been there. Mm. I think we absolutely, you know, that there's some place in our soul knowledge that absolutely has been there. And that's why we know what we need to go back to. Yeah. I, I think it lives in all of us, and it, and it really is about the discovery process of just bringing that back to the forefront where we get into that place of, you know, we, we really have been those evolved beings and living that place. But this, this lifetime and this paradigm and this earth and, you know, everything that's happening in the world today, there's a lot of shadows that you have to make it through in order to keep that light bright and make sure that we discover all those deep hidden secrets.
3: I I hope that people consider that there is no limit to feeling good (laughs) and the people that are feeling, you know, crappy or just mundane in their life, that there is always a means to feel better. And for the ones that are feeling amazing, that that can get even better. Absolutely. Not out of greed, but like you said, out of our um, privilege and gift of getting to live our best life. Yeah, and, Absolutely.
2: And to your point, um, it's funny we that's why we don't call what we do discovery or that you're learning. We call it remembrance because it's not you like all the information, the data the knowledge that has. it's just like you can't energy can't be destroyed and can't be created. Everything that ever is and ever will be is already here. It's more of like are we tapped into that data stream? right now? And are we pulling data from that place? And the other beautiful part, and this is already scientifically proven, not just spiritually proven, is that by each one of us doing our internal work, feeling better, bringing ourselves into alignment, um, it's almost like you're creating more space in the field for that to become viably available for everybody else. So it's like as we individually transform, transformation becomes more available to everybody. As we bring health into the world, health becomes more easily viable to everybody. Like today, what I find, and, and it like I want to say blows my mind but I don't like using the terminology like it expands my mind is um, when I used to work with students like where I see people get within a month is things I used to take years you know yeah. like uh, like five, 10 sometimes 15 years and it's like a month they're like I got it I'm like whoa because the grooves are being set by people like you who are doing this work for nutrition and for genetic, genetic understanding and stuff like this. And every time we do a little bit of work, we just put another line into that groove and it just becomes more viably available. So I hope, um, that you feel it and that you know that like doing what you're doing is leading to accelerated transformation in so many ways. And that's why I I value people like you. I love having people like you, uh, on our podcast and stuff like that. So just wanted to throw that in there
0: absolutely and I and I couldn't agree more you know I, I I think we're all here you know helping to pave the road we're each dropping pebbles on the road and as we drop the pebbles the road continues to be paved um, not for just us for absolutely everybody you know and it is that raised consciousness you know and the the closer people get to the light the more that it grows and the consciousness reaches out the world changes yeah. um, and it it's becoming a better place every day for all the people that we can reach one small bit at a time with um, better ideas, better health, uh, better lifestyle practices, and just choosing to love yourself. You know, it's that big deal. It really is. Um, I, at, at the heart of it all, it's it, love is always the answer.
2: Love is always the answer.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Okay. Anything else you want to share with people? No,
0: I think that's about it. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. And um, it's great to share this time. Why don't you tell people
2: where they can find you?
0: Yeah, we also, we are Peak Wellness Group and we have a website at peakwellnessgroup.com. That's P-E-A-K Wellnessgroup.com. We also have a wonderful Facebook page that has a group and a learning platform on it. And again, we are always available for um, you know, consultations, conversations, questions to see if it's a good fit, because like I said, for the people that are ready, this work does amazing things and those are the people that we're really excited to be in touch with and be able to create great things with is the ones that are ready to you know find this to be the next great step on their
2: journey amazing so i'll, I'll make sure to grab all those links from you and we'll throw it on the uh, podcast page when this goes live
0: beautiful thank you so much and uh, we are excited to be able to also share this on our stuff so that we can just keep everybody growing, right?
2: Beautiful. All right, dear. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Have an amazing day.
2: Likewise.
1: Hey, hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you to go lock in your $9 per month for life offer to join our collective. I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to SatoriPrime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients. And those guys pay us tens of thousands of dollars to work with us. You can have them for just 9 dollars a month again satoriprime.com prime.com forward slash the collective and as always we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show so if you head to itunes and leave us a review right now you could actually be next week's lucky winner and lastly if you do want to connect with guy and i head to facebook right now join our personal development without the fluff private group ask for permission there's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well and you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.